6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Well, for something different this afternoon, let's talk about uh, dueling dinosaurs. Yeah, you heard that right. Paleontologists in Alberta have been taking a closer look at the battle scars on the skulls of more than 200 Tyrannosaurus rex. And what they found could lead to learning more about the age and sex of the creatures. One thing is for sure, they certainly like to fight. Dr. Caleb Brown is co-author of the recent study and a curator at the Royal Turrell Museum in Drumheller. Caleb Caleb, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for having me on. All right. Uh, you know what? Uh, it's when, when you start talking about dinosaurs and <laughs> this province uh, and, and uh, studies come out of this province, I know you've had a busy week answering a lot of questions. So I'm going to start with this one. Why did you start taking a closer look at the scarring on the skulls? What, what happened that you thought, okay, we need to take a closer look at this? Yeah, so first off, this isn't the first uh, research paper on these scars. Cool. They've been documented before. Uh, but what really happened is in 2017, uh, one of our field crews found a upper jaw, a maxilla of a tyrannosaur. And it had these really big arcing scars on the side of it. And I thought these were pretty, pretty cool and pretty intense. And I wanted to put them in context of other specimens. So I just kind of started comparing it to... Uh, one specimen, then two specimens, and I just kept getting a larger and larger sample. And eventually I had a really good sample size, and we could actually see some really interesting patterns that emerged from that. So tell us about those patterns. What what did you learn? Yeah, so first off, we're looking at bones from three different species of Tyrannosaurus, okay. so not, not, not Tyrannosaurus rex itself, um, things like Gorgosaurus and Albertosaurus. Um, but the patterns that emerged is that none of the small animals, none of the juveniles had scars at all. And then they reached the size of about half, half grown, and that's when the scars started. Hmm. And then above that threshold, you saw about 60% of all the individuals had scars. Hmm. So a really interesting pattern. They don't just kind of happen throughout their entire life. There's a distinct on switch that happens kind of partway through their life cycle. So would that be maturity or sexual maturity, do you think? So that's, that's one hypothesis, and that's our preferred hypothesis is that this behavior of kind of animals biting each other's faces happens when these animals reach sexual maturity and they start competing for mates or resources or territory. So, Caleb, uh, these, these um, uh, they're not Tyrannosaurus rex, but the, the, the species of Tyrannosaur that you're yeah, looking Tyrannosaurus. at. Tyrannosaurus, yeah. <laughs> when I think of Tyrannosaurus, I think of the short little arms, right? Or not, yep. yeah. So would these species have that shorter arm as well? Yes, they would have looked very similar to Tyrannosaurus rex, but a bit smaller and a bit more kind of slender, more leaner animals. Okay, so could it be the uh, possibility that one of the reasons why there's so many scars on the face is because that's, you know, they couldn't use their arms to to battle or they wouldn't be able to use, um, you know, the rest of their body to battle as well? I don't know. Yeah, well, they were were definitely uh, kind of head-centric carnivores. They would have used their head to do they're killing and they're feeding and apparently they're interacting with members of their own species as well. So would you be able to then um, hypothesize whether or not um, the ones with the scars were male or female? So, and that's a really interesting hypothesis and we we can, we can talk about that and we can ask it. That's a very interesting question, but the problem is it's really hard to, determine which species which specimens are males and which specimens are females so 
Um, if we look at modern animals, when we see kind of fighting between members of the same species, especially fighting that causes injuries, that's predominantly between males. Mm. They're often fighting for access to females or access to territory which females reside in. Um, so it, it is a, a decent hypothesis that these might be males, but unfortunately it's just really hard to test that. So until we get a really reliable um, independent assessment of sex, we really don't know. Yeah, how would you, can you test bone for sex, for gender? Like, I, I, you know, you're, the, you're the expert on this, obviously you can't. What do you need to, uh, to be able to figure that out? Uh, you, you, you kind of can. So oh. the, if, you find, uh, if you find eggs within the dinosaur, like the, the yeah. abdominal cavity of the dinosaur, you know that that's a, a female that was just supposed to lay eggs. And that, that happens, but it's very rare. Um, there's another technique that we can use where we actually take the, the long bones, the bones of the limbs, and we can kind of cut a little section out of them, polish it up and look at it under a microscope. And we're looking for a specific tissue that's associated with um, basically pregnant females. They lay down an extra bone tissue. And if we find that, we can confirm that these are, are females. But the problem is if we don't find it, doesn't mean that they're that doesn't mean that they're males. It just means that they're not at that certain reproductive cycle. So it, it, mm-hmm. it works okay. It works pretty good, but it also is destructive. It damages the fossil, so we can't do it for everything. Uh, you have the coolest job, you know that, eh? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I have a great job. Yeah, you really do. Okay. Caleb Brown joining me this afternoon. So you, if you take all the stuff that, uh, everything that you've looked at and the uh, the, the, the hypotheses that you've 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 brought all together how what does this or what could it or what's my question you know can you can you apply it to to modern animals at all uh you might be able to so uh one of the really cool patterns is that if you look at theropod dinosaurs in general so these are kind of the meat-eating dinosaurs whether they be small or large their entire lineage you see this kind of face-biting behavior in a lot of different very distantly related species, things like Tyrannosaurus, things like Allosaurus, uh, Carcharodontosaurus, Monolophosaurus, these big-named dinosaurs. Mm. Um, And then we do have dinosaurs that are alive today. They're just called birds. So birds are Mm. modern dinosaurs that have feathers and fly. Mm. The cool thing is we don't see this type of really aggressive behavior in birds. They tend to be much more about display, whether that be a visual display with feathers like a peacock, or a vocal display, like with a songbird in your backyard. So at some point within this Tyrannosaur lineage, they switched from this really aggressive, potentially sexually based behavior to a much more display behavior. And we think we can maybe pinpoint where that happened. Because if we look at things like Velociraptor, this is an animal that's more closely related to birds than to Tyrannosaurs. We see that it does not have these facial bite scars and neither do other animals that are closely related to it. And that's actually the point where theropods evolved large feathered forelimbs. Um, and we think that those evolved first, not for flight as wings, but for display, basically billboards. So we may actually be able to pinpoint where this big change in this theropod behavior happened. Again, that's just a hypothesis. We can get more data and test it as well. Yeah, that, very, very interesting. So where do you take it from here? What, what happens next? Uh, well, we keep collecting data. It would be great to compare some of our patterns with animals that we can c- confirm are female and mm. see if there is a sexual pattern there and also look for this in other species. The more species we understand this pattern and kind of the on-off switches, uh, the better we can understand these reproductive behaviors of, of ancient animals. 
Can you see, or can we see, if we visit the museum, can we see some of these um, these these skulls with the with the with the scars on them? Yes. Um, so that that first specimen I mentioned, the one found in 2017 with the big arcing scars along the the jaw, that one's currently on display. It's in a gallery called the Fossils in Focus Gallery. Um, it's only going to be on display for about another three weeks, and then it's going to be subbed out with another one. But don't worry, this one of the new specimens that's coming in will also have scars on it. Um, but any visitors who also come to the gallery, if they see any of the Tyrannosaurus skulls on display, a lot of those have scars on them if they look closely. So that's something you can kind of see if they can spot them themselves. One more question for you. We were talking about trying to, you know, figure out or decide, you know, uh, determine whether it could be you know, male or female or the age because we don't see them in the in the in the younger versions of of uh, of the fossils. Can you tell how the the difference in age between those with all the scars? I mean, are, you know, maybe I don't know. One's five years old. Maybe one's ten years old. Based on the number of scars. So yeah, we can look at. Um, the presence or absence of scars, and that stays at about 60%, as I mentioned. But you can also look at what we call the intensity of scars, yeah. so how many scars there are on a skull. And while the proportion stays at about 60%, the intensity increases as they get bigger. Hmm. So the ones that are just at that size threshold, about 50% size, they'll only have one or two scars. But then you get to the biggest ones, when they have scars, they often have 15 wow. or 10 scars. So that does kind of add up as the animal gets older. Interesting stuff. Dr. Brown, always appreciate your time and sharing your insight into a, a world that most of us are fascinating with or fascinated with but don't know very much about. Thank you for taking the time this afternoon. No problem at all. Yeah, take it easy. That's Dr. Kayla Brown, who is, um, you know, has been working on this most recent study. He's one of the curators at the Royal Terrell Museum in Drumheller. And, you know, just continuing to try to put the pieces of animal history together. It's just fascinating stuff to me.